you go wandering and every step was somebody new to be Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, 512 Friday. Ooh, man, I got to tell you, I think it, I think you've had all bangers so far. You've been enjoying them so far? It's yeah, good. who is this? This is Akina Adderley. Wow, well, she's uh, she's very talented. She does back, she's done backup vocals for a lot of uh, uh, names around town and names nationally. Uh, amazing singer, though. This wow. is a single, uh, Home Before Dark from Akina Adderley. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she's playing uh, tonight at Geraldine's. Man, uh, that is, uh, that's fantastic. I love the jam. What's the name of the jam again? Home Before Dark. Home Before Dark. Okay. Yeah. I wrote the name down. That's, I'm going to look that one up. Well done. All right, my man Patrick, always broadening our horizons. Go to hornfm.com if you missed any of the selections because, uh, man, he's doing a great job. Always does a great job, but uh, particularly today, uh, doing a really, really good job with 512 Friday. All right, we will talk about NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, we'll give you a preview of NBA All-Star Weekend. We'll get into that. Also, uh, XFL is also previewing this weekend, too. Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Shout out to a man, Nate, who reminds me, Specs text line, that you know whose 60th birthday it is. He says Larry the Cable Guy. That's funny. Really funny. It's MJ's 60th birthday. The GOAT. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Jim Brown. Isn't it Jim Brown's birthday, too, today? They both share the birthday? I I think I saw Jim Brown has a birthday. I I don't know where that randomly came up. I, I, I saw that somewhere. I wouldn't just spit it out there. Maybe I could be. Maybe I'm off by a day or two. Maybe it was yesterday or the, something like that. But it, it's Jim. No, Brown. Jim Brown's birthday. Jim Brown birthday too, right? February seventeenth. Jim Brown and uh, MJ same Man. day. Yeah. Jim is Brown, it, famous actor from Mars Attacks. <laughs> <laughs> just love we'll to but give he, out weird credits for okay, people. Uh, but yeah, he was. He was one of the first athlete turned actors. Yeah. Right there, because it, it wasn't commonplace. I'm sure that it, it was done. I'm sure there were cameos and stuff, but he actually wanted to No, because he was very famous, and there was more money in acting at that time than he there was, was in, in football. Yeah. He was so one. he was like, I'm killing myself to play football. Yeah. You know, I can go over here, and these guys, yeah, I'll go do it. Also, a uh, commentator on UFC 1. What? He was one of the commentators on UFC 1, the first ever UFC pay-per-view. That is a random factoid right there, bro. Man, if you've never gone back, it's on ESPN Plus, all those old UFCs, they are bonkers. That I, Because I've it is never before MMA was like MMA. So it's just guys and like there's the, the rules are different. So they just kick people in the head and stuff. It's, it's insane. Like a guy just goes down and they just kick him in the head four times. Like, yeah, stop the fight. Yeah. And, it is, and they'll be like, this guy's like a sumo wrestler versus. Yeah, because back then they weren't underground, but they weren't mainstream. No, no, so not at back all. then, mainstream, they're like, oh, man, everything goes. Well, it MMA, was more, they were selling the blood. They were selling well, the violence. MMA wasn't MMA. There's, there wasn't all these gyms and fighters yeah. who were all trained. Weren't tra- it, was, it was Ken Shamrock and Royce Gracie. And I remember like the Street Fighters yeah. were coming in. I remember that, the Street Fighter movement. So there was, was like yeah. some jujitsu guys and then that. some fighters. And yeah. Rock- but it was, Man. yeah, it was, that, yeah, go back. But Jim Brown, one of the announcers on that. That is, uh, that's something I'd, ne- I'd never heard of before. Um, okay, so yeah, MJ's birthday. Just uh, look at this texter. <clears throat> LeBron's birthday? Question mark. 
I thought you said the goat. Just, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll always have that discussion going forward. But right now, I still think MJ's the GOAT. LeBron's got to do something else, in my opinion. Yeah. He did just become the all-time leading scorer. He just did something else. Um, but he's got to do something else, like championship-wise. I, I could still too. play like another four or five years, and that's the thing oh, is he, he could win some more titles. And it break more matter. records. If, if he won the title this year and the next five and then retire, people still be like, Michael. <laughs> like, this guy won five in a row. There, there's some people you're never going to beat, but I he's also Le- not going to do that. But. I love me some LeBron. At this point, I'm not there yet, but I hope by the end of LeBron's career, I'm at the point where I, where I got to with Tupac and Biggie where I just decided it's a preference. They're both great. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you. And I'm lucky. My time. I'm lucky that I've watched both of their careers <laughs> yes, a lot. Exactly. Like I, I like I've loved watching both their careers. That's that's kind of how I feel. And we love MJ. We love MJ. So that's your point about is well is well stated about. I don't know if LeBron could ever do anything because of the nostalgia effect yeah. and where it, where MJ is in the the kind of the all time legacy of the league and also of this generation of basketball fans. We love him so much. He once wore a Hitler stash no one said, on a Haynes commercial. No one said anything. And we just let it ride. Hey, man, he has been one just, of the worst owners in, fo- in basketball for years. And we're just like, you know, MJ, you're going to get him next year. <laughs> yeah, nobody even brings it up. Like, nah, don't worry about that. Nah, it's okay. Yeah, no, I'm telling you. It's, um, he wore the Hitler stash. It happened. And I, MJ is, I'm telling he's aware enough. He's not just some unaware person. He understands the impact he has on pop culture. Yeah. And the Hitler stash has been, um, it's been pretty much banned for, I don't know, how, how long now? Are we talking about? Since World 50, War II? Exactly. <laughs> but 50, Charlie Chaplin years? was pre. Charlie Chaplin Charlie was Chaplin pre. Charlie Chaplin was, yeah, his tramp, uh, his character, the tramp, had the Hitler stash. What they call the toothbrush, I think it was a tooth toothbrush. Is it toothbrush stash? Yeah, it's a Hitler stash. Look, it's a Hitler stash way before me. <laughs> yeah, but it, right, it was fashionable before Hitler. Yeah. But Hitler is such a such a despicable, yeah. disgusting, horrible person that even his anything that he fashioned must also be banned and canceled, which we're all we're all on board for, except for MJ and that Haynes commercial, which means nobody or uh, nobody in production. Nobody. Uh, you know in what? I crew. think it's even better. I think it's so nobody told him. So there's two hey, things. Hitler stash, man. You can't do this it. This is this is now. I'm on board now with anytime Michael <laughs> does anything like this. You're like he had a bet. <laughs> that dude had a bet with oh. somebody where he was like, "I'll bet you five million dollars I can get a Hitler mustache and they'll play the. Uh, the I'll, I'll walk into this Haynes commercial I'm doing tomorrow dude. and they'll put it on there. I, oh, honestly, now that we've seen that documentary. I you believe. Not it. I believe. I believe that, that's a Charles Barkley's like. <laughs> I got to work at TNT for ten more years now. <laughs> the Last Dance, honestly, adds a lot of credibility to that theory. Yeah, after the Last Dance, I think everything. Yeah. my buddy sent me an article about when someone stole his jersey and they had to wear it number twelve oh, for like a game. And you're just like, yeah, we're number twelve. I guarantee that's a bet. These are all bets. Dude, it's gotta be. Hey a- man, dude, I can. Hey man, I'll tell them they stole my jersey. I'll be able to wear another jersey during the game. They're like, you can't wear another number, Michael. You're 23. He comes in at 12. They're like, I guess I owe Michael a bunch of money. They're upstairs. When? What year did the Hitler? I mean, I guess we can't. What year did the Michael Jordan Hitler stash commercial take place? It was in the like early, early middle, maybe middle 2000s. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say somewhere around somewhere around there. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Were you aware of what the Hitler stash is? Oh, yeah. Back then, you can't do that, MJ. I'll tell you, he won a bunch of money on that bet. 
<laughs> and the Haynes people just let it ride. Just let and it ride. And the commercial like, oh, America's going to accept it because it's Michael Jordan and Hitler's stash. <laughs> no. He's bringing it back. He's, no, he ain't bringing it back. No, nobody's ever bringing that back. <laughs> it's done. It's over. It's a Hitler stash forever. And if you wear it, people are going to look yeah. at you like, man, what is wrong with you? Why, why are you doing that? That's like walking around. Basically, the Hitler stash is it's kind of like a, it's the kind of the <laughs> mustache. It's a mustachioed slur at this point. That's what it is. You can't no, even just I mean, wear it. I, it, it doesn't, wear it. No, no, I get that. But it also doesn't look that. good. Like, if it was something where it looked good, then people would be like, look, we're going to we're gonna let it bring it back. No. But it doesn't even look good. No. You look silly having it. Even if it looked good, you can't. No, you can't. I, I, think, they, I think the reason that it's been banned <laughs> is because of the person that popularized or one of the people that popularized it. I mean, people still use swastikas because they're cooler looking. But the, the mustache looks dumb. No, well, they're not using it for that reason. No, they're cool not. Looking. They're not. Yeah, and by the way, before before Hitler got a hold of the swastika, also something that was Completely seen good. as yeah, it was it's like it, a peaceful thing. Yeah, it was yeah, seen as something yeah. like a sign of good luck and prosperity yeah, yeah. by all these other generations. Ruin that. And exactly, ruin he that ruins too. everything. So you cannot have you cannot fashion something after that. It's ruined. Nope. Yeah. So sorry, MJ. That's that's how much we love him though. We never called him we out. Nobody even brings it up. I'm, this is the first. This is the longest discussion anybody's ever had about the endless dash that <laughs> MMJ wore. No, I guarantee there was hefty discussions in the Haynes <laughs> department about that. <laughs> guarantee those discussions were long. Man. Oh, we got another meeting about the Hitler stash. Has it? Has, is it still on YouTube? Can you find it on YouTube? Has I, MJ, I guarantee there's pictures. Has MJ of it. used his influence? I guarantee to, somebody. Like to, I bet it's on Reddit to get it taken down. It's got to be on Reddit somewhere. He's a billionaire now, so he can get it taken down. He can pay enough people. Uh, uh, Elon will take it off Twitter. <laughs> that is true. All right, enough talk about that. See, we're supposed to be talking about MJ being the good. That, that, but that's that is proof he's the goat. It's proof. Because even in our council culture, nobody's brought it up. Nobody will bring it up. Nope. Nope. We don't talk about that. No, hell no. That's MJ, damn it. You better leave him alone. We, yeah. They should have brought that up in the last dance documentary. They never talked about that? Never talked about it. I don't think it was part of that season. <laughs> right? like, I think it was well after that season. No, no, no. It was well after. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, just later on. Anyway. All right. Um, let's get to uh, – start with the XFL first, and then we'll get to the NBA All-Star Weekend preview. So, because the XFL rant isn't going to take that long. So, I actually like what the XFL, the first thing the XFL did that was a brilliant collaboration and move by The Rock. This is why I know The Rock's a savvy guy. He ended up getting getting a relationship with the NFL. Yeah, most people forget this. The NFL and the XFL are partnered on a innovations program to expand the game um, through you know creative increased opportunities for player development, but mostly through innovation via officiating or technological innovations, and they forced this partnership in you know the off season when the Rock. I don't want to say when he first bought the league and was trying to push for some type of NFL partnership, and it's actually smart. It's, it's actually beneficial for both the NFL and for the Rock and for the XFL because the NFL has long borrowed, I like how CDC calls it, um, Chris Del Conte, the R&D department, rip off and duplicate. The NFL, even though it's a copycat league, it, the NFL itself, the NFL has copied a lot of their innovative uh, innovative concepts and a lot of their innovative initiatives from other leagues. The XFL, USFL, uh, hell, the CFL, 
the the AFL. I mean, there were so many different leagues that were popping up at one time or another. While the NFL, is, of course, has been you know the most steady of all those leagues, and of course, the most successful. The Skycam, which the NFL uses to this day, and those cable cams actually was an XFL innovation. The XFL started using it, and the NFL decided, man, that actually is a pretty good idea. Would help our broadcast, and it would add more depth and access for the the watcher for the the NFL fan. When they might, the NFL has always mic'd up players, but they never used it real time until the XFL started using theirs real time. And now, every now and then, they'll give you real time access of players and coaches being mic'd up while in the game um, and a peek into it. The XFL was doing a ton of that, to a gratuitous amount of it, you could argue. The XF- I mean, the original XFL was going to they, – they told you they were going to have the cheerleader locker room too. Yeah, they had all that stuff. Yeah, yeah they had – They, they kind of – there were some things where they were doing it and then, yeah. Yeah, it was like gratuitous <laughs> amounts of – Hey, we're going to share the cheerleaders. Like, no, no, yeah, no, stop. Yeah, exactly. You're on NBC, guys. <laughs> um, but – the, they also eliminate the PATs, which, you know, they, I think, and now, by the way, I think they still keep the same rule. You get to go for one point, two points, or three points from the two-yard line, five-yard line, and the ten-yard line. Remember, the NFL also has been incentivizing teams by moving the extra point back from the 22 to 33 to try to incentivize teams to go for two. So they haven't totally gotten rid of the PAT, but they've been um, – essentially decentivizing PATs for a while. Uh, the NFL got their two-point conversion from, hell, it was, I think, CFL was doing it before the NFL. Um, college football was doing it before the NFL. The AFL, USFL before that. NFL finally decided, all right, you know what, we're going to use a two-point conversion too. So the NFL has always looked at these other leagues because they can afford to take a lot of chances. They have to to separate themselves from the rest of the NFL. I'm sorry, from the the NFL itself and the rest of these leagues, I should say. And the way they do that is by experimenting with a lot of these rules. And the NFL looks at them and thinks, you know, thinks to themselves, which I think the NFL has been really good about being a very flexible league. It is the most experimental league, arguably, in America because they change the rules every damn year. Remember the catch rule? They changed the catch rule like three, four different times. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. They change it back. Because they decide if it's working, we're going to go with it. If it's not working, we're not going to go with it. And sometimes the NFL decides if it ain't broke, fix it anyway. I'm going to screw with something that doesn't even need to be tampered with but or messed with, and they'll decide, you know what, we, we think we're going to upgrade. We think this can make the game better. So if you start looking at the rules of the new XFL that is starting up this weekend, I, they, they, they keep their no extra point rule. So <clears throat> uh, one point is from the two, two points from the five, and I think you got three points from the ten. So they're going to keep that. Um, but also something I really like is their, their kickoff. They do a really good job with their kickoff because they've decided – and this is a this is something the NFL probably should have been thinking about doing for a while. Um, they basically decided that they're only going to allow the returner and the kicker to move on a kickoff until the ball is actually either caught or until the ball is, I think, on the ground for three seconds. So the XFL kickoff, putting the kicking team and the returning team five yards apart. So they're five yards apart. No one except the kicker and the returner can move until the ball is caught or is on the ground for three seconds. This is to encourage returns and discourage touchbacks. 
the XFL teams in 2020 had a 92% return rate. The NFL return rate on kickoffs is 40%. So essentially, the NFL kickoff return is disappearing. Every year, you're starting to see fewer and fewer returns. This is something that incentivizes returns while also it you know, being a safer option for the NFL. And a more, it's a safer and a more entertaining option for the NFL. So I don't know why the NFL hasn't adopted this yet. Maybe they hadn't seen enough of it. But you see, if you start watching it, it actually is an entertaining kickoff return. It is. I, I mean, we know that the NFL is trying to get away from kickoffs altogether. So this will be interesting to see how. It's because it's violent, though. And that's Most concussions occur on so kickoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how in this, if there is more injuries. If you know the XFL, the first season had that scrum for the basically for the football. Oh, okay, coin, coin toss. toss yeah. And they had to stop because everyone was getting hurt doing it. Yeah. Because basically they'd run as fast as they can and then hit heads. Yeah. And so it was a really bad idea in retrospect. But uh, this will be another one. It's like, well, does this work? And people are doing it and we're not having a lot of injuries. Then the NFL might look at it and go, oh, there's a way we can still have kickoffs and not have injuries. But you're going to have to make sure the injury rate stays down. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I, I just I think I've they, they have the, the research and they claim that there are way fewer concussions um, – with their style of kickoff and kickoff return than the NFL's. The NFL's most violent play is still its kickoff, strangely enough. And they're, and now that's why they decreased the kickoff altogether. This is an option where you can have a safer kickoff return, less impactful, so less car, fewer car crashes on kickoffs, and yet you still have an entertaining play and you can still showcase the athleticism, the explosivity of certain players. I like I like their kickoff. So one thing I'm looking forward to is the XFL's kickoff and kickoff return. Watch it. It is something that I do think the NFL is watching very closely too. They're gonna have their own numbers on it. And now you have a official collaboration and partnership. So now they're sharing data. And literally through their innovation program, the NFL's sharing data with the XFL for this very purpose. Also something I like, and I think every I think this is something the NFL is going to adopt too, the golden challenge. I know. But the, this is what they call it, the, a golden challenge. Um, so basically after initiating all reviews from the replay booth in 2020, the XFL will give its 2023 coaches one challenge per game, a golden challenge to use on any play or a penalty in a game. The NFL, by contrast, does not allow coaches to replay uh, uh, coaches or replay officials to review penalties. So you can't review penalties. In the NFL. They're going to allow you to, to throw the flag even on a penalty. Bad holding call, bad PI, late in the game that decides it. You don't like that? No, I'm throwing, throwing the flag. Review it. Honestly, Bill Belichick has been calling for this for about 10 years. Bill Belichick wants them to make – Every play reviewable or challengeable, I should say, reviewable via the challenge. It's probably the best way to say it. He he wants all of those plays to be a play that can be challenged. And it's depending on how it works, the NFL may decide to adopt it. Like I said, now they're sharing information and data on these very topics. So I like it. I, that's what I like about it. I know that's kind of the nerdy Mm, uh, view or the nerdy thing to be excited about for the XFL. There's other stuff. They got players. Josh Gordon's playing. AJ McCarron, Vic Beasley, Paxton Lynch is a name you'd recognize. Ben DiNucci is going to be playing. Martavis Bryant, uh, Brett Hundley is one of the guys that's playing too. So Paxton Lynch, who the Cowboys wanted, and Ben DiNucci, who the Cowboys did have. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You got that. Yeah, that the biggest issue with these leagues is that it's hard to find good quarterbacks. It's hard to find them in the NFL, too. Yeah. They're tough to find. And, you know, now all these guys are trying to resurrect their careers. I think they get good money, though. They're getting $5,000 each week, $1,000 bonus for winning, uh, 10 weeks, long season, and they got playoffs. It's eight teams, two divisions. They got a title game on May 13th. And the games are on AS, ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, FX. So, yeah, you can check it out if you want to. Um, okay, we didn't get a chance to get into the All-Star festivities coming up this weekend, NBA All-Star weekend, but we will do that, I promise you. Top of the 6 o'clock, we'll uh, get into the NBA All-Star weekend preview and talk about that a little bit. All right, let's uh, take a break because we got my man Harge coming up next. Hardball Harge. Yes, it's Harge Knock Life. He's going to join us uh, via the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline, and he's going to be talking to us about some Texas baseball. Yes, that's right. Texas baseball starting up this weekend, and uh, my man uh, Harge is going to break it all down for us. Coming up next right here on Harge Knock Life on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horns. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Bye. You have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak, my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, usually, my man, uh, Hardball Hodge, be bringing in Harsh Knock Life, but he is on the road uh, actually helping out uh, the folks at uh, Flow Baseball because he is calling some baseball action tonight and actually this weekend, and he's joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. What's going on, Harsh? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm sitting in here by my man Craig Way, Roger Wallace, and the great Keith Moreland checking out some baseball, man. This is uh, that time of year. Uh, I've been walking around and, and getting to see a lot of different people. And, and of course, you know, the action is, is starting to, to pick up. Right now we're considered the appetizer for the tonight's game with Arkansas taking on the Texas Longhorns. So TCU and Vanderbilt are playing right now. Earlier this morning, uh, Oklahoma State beat Missouri five to three in a in a battle, and and it's been it's been very intense. Let's just say this: the fans don't care that today is opening day because they're yelling at umpires already. <laughs> hey man, you got to get in the spirit, right? Yeah, getting that, uh, <laughs> no that, doubt that about baseball it. spirit, man. Uh, all right, so uh, let, let me know how you're feeling about uh, this uh, this first matchup for uh, Texas baseball, and uh, tell me a little bit about their opponent coming up. Give me the scouting report. Yeah, it's 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 two teams that are dealing with a bunch of youth. To be quite honest with you, um, they lost both teams. Lost a lot of talent off of last year's team. We've talked about the University of Texas and what they have uh, got to put back into play right now. I mean, Dylan Campbell has been quoted to be the bona fide leader of the position players and and Lucas Gordon has taken over that room for the pitching staff so he's going to get the ball tonight Lucas Gordon is and it's going to be a lefty lefty matchup tonight because they're going to have their top left-hander uh, Hagan Smith is going to be taking the mound for 
Arkansas, but both teams are going to be young. I mean, Texas is going to have two guys starting on the corners that are freshmen, and they're going to have to deal with the adversity of this this stadium. And the reason why I say it's going to be adversity because it is going to be loud. There's a bunch of people here right now for the Vanderbilt and TCU game. Obviously, TCU coming um, just up the road. It's not very far, so they're traveling well. But Arkansas, I see a lot of red in the stands already, and it's not even – close to being game time so it's going to be an intense environment i think the team is going to be ready to go i talked to coach pierce uh, a little bit this afternoon and he seems pretty confident about his squad but just like anything else you still have to deal with the youth and how are these kids going to react and we talked about this too rod and you know this better than anybody if you don't get your heart rate in the right spot it can kind of overwhelm you a lot so we'll see how these young players come out and play and i'm excited for it because it's opening day but not only that we're starting to learn new names because it's not your traditional texas longhorn baseball team where everybody knows the names of the players uh now you're gonna have to pay attention to the roster let's just say that uh yeah i know trust me it's a lot of excitement with this uh, texas baseball team and maybe a lot of unproven commodities there but uh they uh, sold out all the season tickets, so there's a ton yeah. of excitement uh, about this season. L- tell me about this, you know, because you get a chance to, uh, you know, get to meet. You know a lot of people. I always say Harsh knows every damn body. Uh, but you also, uh, you know, know some of these uh, folks who are added to this coaching staff. You know, one of the most intriguing elements of this new Texas, this revamped Texas team, is the uh, the overhauled coaching staff and, you know, yeah. how they're going to come together. Um, you you know, obviously through uh, different um, circles, you know these coaches and you know of them. Uh, tell me mm-hmm. the different strengths and what each of those guys is going to bring to the table. Well, Coach Rodriguez, Steve Rodriguez is a former teammate of mine, and he is a uh, a professional. And when I mean that, he understands how to talk to these young players. I mean, he was coach at Baylor for, I think, 19 years, if I'm not mistaken. So he's been a head coach, so he knows how to have those conversations, and it's a little bit different for him now. Now he can go and really just kind of hang out with the players and get to know them a little bit different than it is being the leader of the group. Um, Woody Williams, I mean, 15 years in the big leagues, he understands what it's all about, and he's going to be able to uh, to kind of calm that pitching staff down. But don't forget, David Pierce is more of a pitching guy as well. So that is the part that you're going to try to figure out is how are those two going to mesh with each other with their ideas and their concepts and what's going to be next. And, and I think they're going to be able to work with that too. I, I was uh, talking to – uh, Steve this morning, Coach Rodriguez this morning, and he's just as excited as the players are. I mean, he's at the University of Texas. He told me a while back that he didn't realize what wearing the burnt orange truly meant until he went on a recruiting trip and going through the airports and, and seeing that and p- him wearing the burnt orange kind of changed the way people viewed him. And it's nothing, nothing against Baylor, but you know how it goes. I mean, everybody's looking at that burnt orange, especially in those baseball circles. They expect to a big team and, and, I mean, an exciting team and a team that can go to Omaha. But I think this whole staff spending more time being on the road together is going to help them out a lot too because you get to see how people's reactions are during different times of, of games. And so that's the biggest thing as well. Uh, with such a young team, uh, is the leadership easy to identify with this group or is it something that you expect to be – um, you know, that cultivates uh, throughout the season, something that develops throughout the season, or is it something that you being in the know, you already know who the leaders are going to be, it holds, holds everybody accountable? 
in this group? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both, to be quite honest with you. I talked about uh, Dylan Campbell, but don't forget about Eric Kennedy, uh, Porter Brown coming over from TCU. He's a grad grad transfer, so he's a more mature type of player. So he's going to be able to help them out quite a bit. And in that pitching room, I mean, Lucas Gordon has been here. Tanner Witt is still part of the team because he's, you know, he's still working out. He's not ready to pitch yet, but he's getting to that point. But I look at him as somebody that's going to be a leader as well just because of his reputation, number one. But number two, he's been around there. He knows and seen a lot. Don't forget, he was a closer at one point, and then he was coming out to be a starting pitcher, and that's when the injury happened. But he's going to be good to go. And I think a lot of these guys that have come in, come in from the transfer portal as well, not just Porter Brown, but other players, they're going to have to find their way, and I think they're going to be able to lead as well because let's not forget some of the people that transferred in, they're older, so they get it. They understand some of the adversity that they're going to see, and that's the other part of it too. With the wins are going to be great, but you get a lot of lessons learned in some of the losses, and that's why I say you're going to have to figure out who's going to be the one to kind of settle and calm the waters. Uh, Hardball Hards joining us, of course, for Hards Knock Life uh, right here. is uh, He's getting ready to uh, call some games this weekend for Flow Baseball. I'll uh, be joining us right now for Hards Knock Life. Hey, Hards, let me uh, – if you were – put your scouting hat on for me. <clears throat> You're a scout. It's funny that you say that, Rob, before you get all the way in it. I've been sitting with a bunch of scouts. Been, <laughs> I, when, I, when I was when – I, when I first got here this morning to watch some of the games – I was sitting with all of the scouts, and, and nice. it's funny all the conversations that are being had during that time. And it's always interesting to me because I've been on the other side of it, right? I've been the player, so they're filling out the scouting reports. But now being in the seat that I am now and listening to how they view players, I'm always like, man, why are you always hating on people, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I totally agree with you, because I've always said, because I've hung out with a couple of scouts, too, and they are, they're negative, because this is my, this is my theory, they're, they're critics. And right, right. most critics are negative. When you're talking about a, a, ho- a hotel critic or a movie critic, like they don't yep. want to easily give away compliments or, you know, <laughs> right. you know like that, those types of things. So, I, I think, yeah, ultimately just scouts are critics. So they're looking for, you know, the, what's negative about your skill set, what's wrong right, with your right. skill set. That's what they get paid for. Because I, I think any, any really pedestrian, any novice can look at a great athlete and go, they do this, this, and this really well. It does take a trained eye to go, yeah, they do that well, but look at their feet. Look at their hands. Right, look at their right, eyes. Right. Most people can't right. do that. So I think that's what it is, but I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Okay, so give me, give me the guys uh, that this weekend, for, for a, any team, even Texas as yep. well, that as a scout, they're, 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 they're going to pop. Yeah, well, this weekend, I, I can tell you right now, I'm looking at one right now, Enrique Bradfield uh, Jr. from Vanderbilt. Texas plays Vanderbilt, I believe, Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. So you'll get a chance to see him as well. This guy is a specimen. If the ball can stay in the ballpark, he's going to be able to run it down in center field. He's just that electric. Last season, he was 46 of 46 in stolen bases. 
That's the wow. lost art that I was telling you about, Ooh. right? Yeah. And that guy, anytime he gets on, he puts the ball in play. He doesn't strike out much. He makes things happen. For Texas, the guy that I'm really excited to see and, and, and see what he can do is Dylan Campbell. I mean, he finished the season really hot and played well and did a lot of good things on the baseball field. And I just re- I'm, I'm ready for him to take that next step. Um, I think it's big for him. I think it's going to be big for him. And then for, for uh, TCU, their third baseman, uh, Rodgers, he is, he is one of their best players in the conference. And so a lot – oh, excuse me, Brandon Taylor. Excuse me, Brandon Taylor. He's one of the best players in the conference, and he's actually, I think, preseason big, all Big 12 and uh, player to watch in the Big 12. So he's wow. going to be one of those guys that I'm going to be paying attention to as well this weekend. All right, so uh, let the people know exactly what games you are calling and how they can, you know, get some of that that insight from hardball. No doubt. I will be calling tonight's game, Texas and Arkansas, which I'm really excited about because two SEC – well, next year going to be – or two years going to be SEC uh, opponents with each other, but they were also Southwest Conference opponents as well. So that's going to be really exciting. And you know that they travel well, as as does Texas. And then tomorrow morning I'll be working the 11 or eleven o'clock game and the 3 o'clock game, which will be Texas as well. And then I'll work the last game for Texas on Sunday. Nice. So I'll be up early tomorrow, man. I'll be yeah. up early tomorrow. Uh, we're Cyberstalk, my man, Harge, at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. We know you're really busy, man, so we appreciate the time. And uh, give my best uh, to the crew there, all the legends, uh, Craig Way, right. Keith Borland, Roger Wallace. Give my best to those guys, man. And you guys uh, I wanna- have a good time. I want to give a shout-out to Craig Way because I, this is the first time that I've actually seen him go to work, right? Like, most of the time when I'm <laughs> with him, everything's already in place. He has been working his butt off making sure that he can bring you those golden tones mm-hmm. at 7 o'clock for the first pitch. He has been working, putting all the – Patrick, he's coming for your job, bro. He's coming for your job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I mean, I'm going to see him tomorrow when I'm going to set up with the gear, all right? Yeah, that's right. You're going to be doing the setup for him tomorrow. That's right. I no, appreciate he, that. I, 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 hey, work, I work with that man for many years, and the people say that I got a great work ethic. Honestly, I was trying to keep up. With Craig yeah, Way, no doubt. <laughs> so I went. I, I look, see it. So, exactly. So I went look bad, and honestly, I owe a lot of that to the man. So he's he's a legend. I'm over here reason. sweating, watching him put work together. I'm like, I'm <laughs> over here sweating in my suit today. <laughs> hey, don't worry. He does, he makes everybody feel like that, but he's the man. All right, <laughs> he hey, is the man. Thanks, Harge. We appreciate you, brother, and good luck. I, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. All right. Uh, that is my man, Hardball Harge. He's my co-host, and is our co-host. And usually he'd be here, but he's uh, calling some uh, games for Flow Baseball, Texas games for Flow Baseball. Uh, so I want to thank him for his time. And uh, if you hey, want to hear those baseball games, you can hear them right here on 104.9 The Horn. That's right, baby. Texas baseball is back, and you'll have my man Craig Way on the call. Man, hanging out with Craig Way, Roger Wallace, and Keith Moreland. Big Red, just hanging out with some legends, just kicking just it. Watching the baseball the famers. Game? Just watching the, the game right now. Yeah, just hanging can out. Can you think of more people that you'd want to hang out and watch a baseball game with? Oh, yeah, you probably maybe you can throw a Swindale in there. Swindale's yeah. a great guy to watch a game with because he's got great notes. You're right. Um, That's so, some knowledge right there yeah, being dropped. It, it is. There's a lot of knowledge being dropped, man, no doubt. But thanks, so thanks to Harge uh, for doing a great job. With All right, we got a hard, uh, sorry, got off the record coming up now after Harge Knock Life. So Tiger Woods, <laughs> he may have to go to sensitivity training. We'll get into that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonder for another. D.D. 
Mega doo doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a brain to head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, time to get to <laughs> another edition of Off the Record. So I'm glad Tiger's having fun because uh, Tiger's playing, so a lot of people are excited. Um, he is <laughs> um, <clears throat> he, he's playing uh, right now. Is he playing right now, actually? He played earlier today. He oh, finished earlier up today. earlier today. Okay, yes. so um, is he, is, is he going to make the cut? I do not believe so. Uh, maybe yeah. now. The cut has moved back, so he may actually end up making the cut. Okay. As of right now, he is actually making the cut. Oh, there you go. All right. There is good news for Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Well, he's playing in the Genesis Invitational, and this happened during the first round, so this was uh, yesterday. Right? He's making the cut. Or was it? So he he shot a sixty nine on the first day, sixty on the first day, and today shot a seventy four. So he is okay. one over overall. So he the, was, the when he finished the cut line was even, so he was not going to make the cut. The cut line now is plus one, so everyone plus one and up is in. It's fantastic. So as of right now, he is in, but that if that cut line shifts back to okay. even, he gets knocked out. That's a good point. Um, all right. So yesterday when he was and he had he I think he had three birdies in a row at one point. So the golf world was just. Excited. I mean, they were uh, really, really pumped because everybody assumed, man, Tiger might be, you know, playing at a really high level. Um, that's always really good for the sport. So he was feeling himself yesterday. And apparently, after one of his really good drives, he, <laughs> he handed a tampon to Justin Thomas, who... I, I assume was, you know, it was on the ninth hole. So basically Woods handed him a tampon after out driving him on the ninth hole on Thursday. And I guess it was just his way of talking some trash. Like, hey, man, you you deserve you need that. You might need this after what I just watched. I'm assuming that's the message. Well, and so they had been trash talking all day because I was watching it. And the announcers were pointing out how much trash talking they were doing to each wow. other. And it was Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods. And then Rory McIlroy was the third guy in their group. And they're like, Rory's not really like, and Rory's now tied for fourth. He is three back of the lead. So he's he's playing the best out of the three of them. But those two were apparently, and all in good fun. Like it was all, is, oh yeah, this is it was just good banter this between is great. them. great. But it was apparently those two who were going back and forth the entire day yesterday. Um, I think it. I think it's awesome. Um, I believe that now among the council culture uh, world that we are in right now, I know Tiger's probably got an answer for it. Um, some he more, did. He's already. He in his press conference. He's already apologized. He's already publicly yes. apologized. And you see what this is. What's wrong? This is this is what's wrong with golf. You should be able to do stuff like this. Is it distasteful? Yes. Yeah. Is it offensive? Not, well, is it offensive? I, I'll tell you what's really funny. Distasteful and offensive. So ESPN, ESPN Plus had the has the like the groupings. Yeah. So I have a TV in my office now. I'm watching it just during the day. I'm working. I just have it on. The amount of times they have to drop because someone's cussing while Tiger's playing is really, you're like, this is like three times a hole the audio is dropping. And I know what it is, is that they're just cutting audio because someone's cussing. 
Man. But it is so much. You're like, I would not expect that in golf. I know. that To me, I think that's kind of what golf needs. I think it is, too. Golf needs to be a little bit more raw, a little more unfiltered. It Stuff like this, like I said, distasteful, yes. You not want your kids, you're only teaching your kids about, about sportsmanship, watching moments like this about their best, about their heroes. I get oh, all that. Hey, man, if you're live, if you're live right now. But this dude, this is like the WWE that's what I'm coaching, saying. You know what that's what I'm saying. But coaching like, going PGA. This is great. But if the live tour, if they want to come out, they need to start getting highlights of people trash talking each yes. other. Yes. Imagine if golf just Because you are already the bad boys of golf, right? And every you golf. You got Phil Mickelson and his leather jackets. Every golf group I know, that's one of the major yes. reasons they go out with each other. I'm not a golfer. I'm not a, So I don't know the culture, but I, I got friends that are deep in the culture. And they just talk ish to each other all day. There's yeah. just constant trash talk. Trying to flip the cart into reverse Whatever when they're taking is. the back <laughs> swing. Everything. You gotta and, if you don't make it past the ladies' tee on the first shot, you gotta yeah. shoot the next one with your pants down. And so un- just golf traditions. To, exactly. To me, this is kind of a golf tradition. I think it'd be great. Now tell the guys, listen, don't get into things that are being offensive. Go be distasteful. All right. This is like the WWE model. You can be distasteful, but just don't don't be offensive and disrespectful. I think I don't know if that's just maybe the ladies can let me know if that's disrespectful. For another man to give another man a tampon. Is that disrespectful to the ladies? I, I think it would be I'm more not a disrespectful woman, so if it wasn't on him hitting a short drive. <laughs> because there is closer tees for the ladies. It is just. So if you're saying. But, but that's you a are fact. Playing, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't think. If it was like he didn't chip well, then yes, that's offensive. <laughs> but if it's like I drove the ball like a man and you didn't, I mean, it's somewhat less offensive. So maybe you can I, give, I, I, as I'm saying it out loud, it seems somewhat offensive. I guess it does seem offensive. As I'm saying it out loud. I guess it does seem offensive now. That but you, you, as someone who played sports I, my, yeah. for most of my life, that it does it. In my head, it does it. But I, I get why it is. I, I wish. I think it's offensive because now we're offended by everything. Yeah. But I wish it wasn't considered offensive because I think, man, that is that's kind of what golf needs. I was golf hoping that he was a little gonna, edgier, and that is edge. So I was hoping he was going to say he was going to take the Mike McDaniel vape uh, defense and be like it was a sharpie, and I was just handing him a sharpie to sign autographs later. Yeah, I guess he could have chosen something go, else. I, let's just start everything. You start handing somebody, just call it a sharpie. It's a Mike McDaniel well, if vape. It, if, he handed him, if he handed him some lipstick, would that have been different? No, I mean, I, yeah, you know probably I mean? yes. because it is a it is a a feminine product oh, that's even that more, is considered that's, an intimate. Now that feminine may even product. that may even be more more oh, offensive. Oh yeah, now. Well, just these days you're right. Yeah, that may be more. <laughs> these days you probably could get yourself in a lot more trouble with that. One. It's like, oh, what what are you identifying with? What are you talking about here? Uh, What's the pronouns? I, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I I don't want to disrespect people, and no, I don't want people to be offended. So if the ladies are offended by it, I understand. I'm not a woman, and I get it. I will that's say, offensive. I will say, the amount of people that were actually watching that, if you didn't cover it, you blame you TV networks. All you got to do is not show it. Yeah. And then there have been like 12 people at the place who actually saw it happen, and then no one would have known. Yeah. I, like I said, yeah, I, I need to ask my wife if she's offended by it. She's a woman. You know, I trust. It, it, women, please, if you're listening, let me know. And say, please, I'm a woman, and I'm offended by it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to call anybody out. I, I would like to seriously know. Because if, if it is offensive, then, yeah, I guess he needs to apologize. I mean, I think, but I think golf, taking, golf that needs, in, yeah. taking that incident aside, take that out of it, yes. The that, trash talking that may have been going a little far. Game, yeah. But, yes, the trash talking they should keep. And I think they should keep in that kind of gamesmanship. Just, I guess, you know, try to walk the line between being distasteful yeah. and offensive. And, and if you're the live tour, 
oh, be the most offensive. You're already the Saudis. They can't cancel you. You hate it already. You're already that You're already guy. You're already the villains. So go ahead and just lean into it, and then uh, it'll be the best. Then you'll have this weird, awful golf tournament yeah. <laughs> that no one wants to watch. But they'll be like, oh, I'll watch the highlights. I know. I'll watch the highlights. Imagine if golf has become like a tr- the ultimate trash talking sport. Like right. more so than any other sport, that's became like that they were known for is that they you get a great drive and you just you look at you look at whoever you're golfing with and just start talking trash to them, talking down to them. <laughs> that would be I would watch that. I would watch. They basically became the, the PGA became the WWE version of PGA. I would watch it all day every day. You are gonna have to get some more uh, some more diversity, and if you're gonna do that, because hey, that's gone. old exactly. white men not known for their best trash talking. <laughs> that's what be great about it. It's old white men. You're not expecting the trash talk that are trash talking. That's what makes it stand out. You're like, man, what? That guy's trash talking? That would be just dropping references from the 60s. Come on now. For real. (laughs) Just giving you the business out there. I think Uh, it'd be great. Go fly a kite. (laughs) Exactly. He sounds like Biff from Back to the Future. When you shoot like your mother wears army boots. That's right. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's good stuff. All right. We'll come back. We got um, NFL news, notes, and nuggets. The NFL, not a fan of the tush push. Eric Bieniemy looks to be uh, getting out of the friend zone. Uh, We'll also talk about how a photo could decrease your draft stock, and the Cowboys and the Texans are making uh, coaching staff acquisitions. We'll talk about all that and more. We're going to cram a lot into the next couple of segments. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.